Life is a team sport. This is a direct quote from today's guest, Mike Thorne, a Vistage chair, founder of Trust Inside. And today he talks about how to create personal trust communities. Talks about the importance of belonging, believing, and building. 21st century leaders have faced so many challenges over this past year and a half. And I think you're really going to enjoy the concept and framework that Mike talks about and shares and some actionable strategies on how to create environments of belonging, purpose, commitment, loyalty, and results. Let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals, organizations, and communities rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. My name is Danny Langloss. Today, we're joined by Mike Thorne, and we're going to talk about trust and how we build personal trust communities. What an important topic. Never been a more important time to discuss something like this. Mike Thorne is an advisor to high-performing business executives across the United States through his work as a Vistage chair. Vistage is the largest executive advisory and coaching organization in the world with over 25,000 members. Through his work as a chair of Vistage and the founder of Trust Inside, he specializes in facilitating transformations in human beings and business leaders by helping them create personal trust communities and cultures of inclusion. Mike firmly believes that we can only be successful when we surround ourselves with folks who believe in us, hold us accountable, and lift us up. Mike, welcome to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Thank you, Danny. I'm excited to be here. And I appreciate the opportunity. I should ask before we started. Do you say your last name, Thorne? Uh, Thorne, yes, that's how you pronounce it. Yep. All right, excellent. I always ask before and I forgot and I'm like, hope I got this right. I, I, I think I'm right. But Mike, what I want to do is, is talk about and have you tell us what a personal trust community is. And then I want to back up and talk about your story and what led you down this path? Can you give us an understanding of what a personal trust community is? Sure. I, I believe life is a team sport and you can't go it alone. So as all of us are going through the ups and downs of life and we go from being an individual contributor to company or boss, or you're going from being single to having a partner, being married, or in your social life, building up friends, you're always going through these transformations. You're always sort of uh, going through the place where you're saying, okay, I need to, I need to change who I am a little bit because now I have more people that I'm accountable to. And if you don't have what I call these personal trust communities, which are people that, as you said, hold you accountable, but also basically drop everything when you call them for help. Because I believe outside of, I love you, the three most powerful words in life are I need help. And so, for us to have our well-being at optimal levels, I find there's five areas of that, which I call pies, which would be your physical well-being, your intellectual well-being, your emotional well-being, your social and spiritual well-beings. And being able to build people, a community of people that support you across those five dimensions, I believe will always keep you lifted as you go through life. It's like, think about you're on a trampoline and these people are all watching you and you're in the middle bouncing up and down, but all of a sudden you're having a bad day and you come off to the edge. Well, these people move the trampoline so you always stay centered. They're always there with you. 
And I think those are why you get through life a lot better and a lot happier. And uh, I think the personal trust communities are really, really critical to people. Absolutely love that. Life is a team sport. You know, now more than ever, and I've never looked at it in the way that you've just described it, but now more than ever, we've got to have mentors. We have to have people that will hold us accountable, who, who we can go and ask questions and for feedback and that will show up for us and give us that feedback. Or as you say, well, when you need that, move the trampoline underneath you. So I'm, I'm curious, Mike, can you talk about your story and what's led you on this journey to where you are today, to what's led you to the passion and the creation of these personal trust communities? Yeah. So when I was nine years old, I was living in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. We had a split level home on a cul-de-sac on Blueberry Lane. And my parents called me down to the family room, which was down the left in the split level home. We had the old style wood paneling sidewalls and the carpet, the uh, wood stove. We had the TV with the antenna and the tinfoil on the top. So we'd get channel 38. And they asked me to sit down in my favorite beanbag chair. They sat on the couch. They looked at each other. And they said, we just want you to know, Michael, that you're adopted and we love you very much. Boom, that was it. And for me, my sense of belonging, what a family was just completely shattered. And I remember walking down to the bus probably the next day thinking, who, who gives up a kid? And what did I do wrong? And at that point in time, I decided that the only way I was ever going to protect myself, because I thought, oh, my God, I could be, I could be abandoned again was to just be perfect and take care of myself, which is a false sense of way of thinking about life, but that's where I was. And through sports, I ended up you know, learning a lot about uh, success through sports, but I, ended up, but I understood through sports that as long as you performed, you'd get ahead in life. Well, at age 40, I'd been pretty successful in my career. I was asked to take over as president of Russell Athletic Team Sports, which was a dream job for a guy who played sports in high school and college. And uh, 15 months into the job, December 22nd, I got called in and I was fired. And I was fired for lack of self-awareness, lack of emotional intelligence and trying to do everything myself and so on. And that nine-year-old boy showed up on my shoulder again, that fear of abandonment and lack of trust. And what I realized at that time for the first time ever is you just can't, you can't do things yourself. And I was brought up in this mindset of being perfect all the time. And if I ever shared any vulnerabilities with people, I would look weak and they might desert me or abandon me. And so I had to really reconcile with it at age 40. And fortunately for me, I had people who I connected to at that time that came to me and said, can we talk this through? And that's really was the more formalized version of personal trust communities that I started to have happen because I started to realize these people gave of themselves willingly to help me. They cared about me and they really were trying to, versus where in the sports world, it felt like if a coach cared about you, a lot of times is because you could perform on the field. They would give you all the support because you're a performer, right? That was sort of how it worked. But in the real world, you got, it's, you know, you got to take care of the, the business operational sides of it. Yes, but you got to care about the people. And when I walked away, I got some lessons about how to lead going forward. And the one thing that struck me was the majority of the feedback I got wasn't, hey, great job managing the PL, the profits and loss of the business. It was great job. I'm going to really miss the leadership, the time you spent with us, Mike, the time you sat us all down and pulled us together, the one-on-one time you spent trying to hear our stories and learn about me. And I, 
I've, Danny, I've kept all those emails over the years because I thought, God, that's a part of leadership that I was doing and didn't realize how critical it was uh, and how important it was to people. Because what happens is employees are compliant versus committed to you in the business if you don't spend time with them. And that's why I think statistically the numbers are very high that 65, 70% of employees today do just enough so they don't get fired. And so from that point forward, I was really looking to make sure I went to work for companies that saw people as a core component and could teach me how to go do it. Because it's one thing to say, hey, you got to be really worrying about culture and you got to worry about your employees. But if you don't know how to go do it, it's hard to go do it and feel comfortable with it. And so I, I left the sporting goods industry and worked for Yankee Candle and was very blessed to meet the person who changed my life, Doran Exford. Wow. That's one heck of a journey, Mike. Yeah. I, I love, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody, you know, talk about the, the P&L as people and listening. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, our, our laws of leadership are founded around people and some mindset things. And if you take care of the people, you get the results. And something you said um, when you were kind of moving through the story was that you know, either the feeling of belonging and you feel like you belong somewhere, that fear of abandonment. Yep. And I don't think it's ever been more important for people to feel like they belong. Right. And to feel like they matter, to feel like they're seen, valued, heard, appreciated, respected. And so I'm, I'm real interested to, to take a dive into some of the leadership things, you know, that, that you work with people on, but also to understand kind of the, the foundational components of your personal trust communities. Does it make sense to start by you sharing the, the three pillars of the personal trust community and then maybe transition to, you know, more actionable strategies leaders uh, can take to, to, to really drive home this P&L? Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the way I think about life is that we always, first of all, you want to belong. And when you transition from, like you just grow up by yourself and then all of a sudden you leave college, you get a job. And so you got to learn how to do that. Right. And so you got to say, do I belong? Can I actually do this job? If you're single and you start to get, you know, reach the point where you want to have a partner, get married, it's like, can I be a dad? Can I be a father? And you start questioning yourself all the time. That's the belonging. And I find people go through all these transformations in life and they always question whether they belong or not. When I went to be a Vistage chair, there were 50 of us on the phone, all successful business owners and leaders in their own rights. But to be a Vistage chair, they sat on that call and every one of them said, I don't know if I belong here. I don't know if I'm qualified. So you're thinking to yourself, even at the highest level, these people have really been running successful companies. And even they, when they go to some new experience, even they question, do I belong? And so I, I feel like people go through these stages in life and when you have that concern about do you belong, if you're by yourself and don't have a trust community around you, boy, it can be awful lonely. It can be scary and you're probably not going to perform very well. Um, so the second part of this is building, like who's going to help you build the confidence and the skills. And that's the second component of it because you, you've got to have that. So you get to the point which you get to the third one, which is, yeah, I believe I can be a good boss. I believe I can be a good husband. I believe I can be a good father or a business owner, right? So all of these phases you're going through life, I believe if you stopped and thought about it, the minute someone even goes back to middle school, to high school, 
high school to college, you keep asking, do I really belong? And when you surround yourself with people, this personal trust community across all those areas of your well-being, I believe you're much apt to move through those stages faster and more efficiently. So for example, if you have people that support you in your, say your emotional pillar, which is one of the five pillars, you reach out to them while you're going through this transformation. You're like, geez, I don't know if I can do this. And these are people that, you know, obviously it's not arbitrary. You got to find the right kind of people that are actually very experienced in that particular area of expertise, whether it's like you don't go uh, spiritual to go find someone who might be a friend of yours necessarily, someone who has expertise, who's staying on top of what's happening with the spiritual journey people go on, or as it relates to emotional uh, or physical. If you're working out a lot, there's a lot of people that could maybe help you, but there's going to be certain people that are probably the experts at what is it you're trying to do. So I think that's why it's so important to go through, as you go through these phases in life, it doesn't matter what it is, business or personal life or your social experiences, you're always going to feel like you don't belong at first. And so how do you make sure you move through these quickly, get people around you that can help you. And these aren't mentors. I don't like the idea of a mentor as much. Mentor feels like you're climbing a ladder. Sure. These are people that just stay with you and hold you accountable and they have no judgment. They just care about you personally, willingly step in. It's like this lady Dorn I mentioned to me. So I'm 40 years old. She says to me a few years ago, we talked about it, so I'm 57 now. So she said, Mike, you know, when you first took over as president of Yankee Candle, when I met you, I, I looked and thought, boy, this guy is wrestling with the question in his head. I didn't say it. She just could feel it. If people really knew me, would they like me? Think about that. She knew that was going on in my mind, even though I never said it out loud. And so she was my first true business trust community person that I began to trust and realize the power of it. And so there's an example of what someone can do if you're in their trust community. Here's an example. She didn't judge me. She didn't say, well, I'm going to give this guy an F. I'm going to tell HR he's not really qualified to be president or I don't like this guy. She said, no, I, I want to help fill the hole this guy has in him. And she willingly worked with me. And I had on the other side, I had to reciprocate. I said, I'm, I need help, Doran, which I think, as I said, are the three most powerful words. And she said, the first thing, Mike, why don't you walk the floor and get to know your employees better? Why don't you share your own personal stories? Talk about your weekend, your kids. She basically said, why don't you humanize yourself? Well, for someone like me who was fearful of abandonment, wanted to be perfect and didn't trust you, so that was a big step, right? So doing that, though, really opened my eyes to how much value that brought. And it really remembered back what I got from Russell, even though it ended badly. The feedback I got was how important that was. And it got really reinforced live and in color when I started doing that. But the big step was she said, OK, now I think you're ready. I want you to join Toastmasters, which obviously is all about leadership. And she said, I think it will help you to tell your story. I'm 43, 44 years old. I'm going to share this story about adoption about me. And I'm like, that is a scary thought. But I trusted Dorn. It took me two years to get comfortable. Once I trust her, I knew that she was going to be there for me. She'd hold me accountable. But she willingly stepped in to help me transform my own self to get through this. And that five to seven minute talk was a game changer for me. It really allowed me to see that even if you share that, I was fearful people would think less of me. 
they actually had the, they thought the courage I gave was enormous. And so people started coming to me and just appreciating the vulnerability. And all of a sudden they saw me in a different light. I saw them in a different light. And all of a sudden I had all these people that wanted to help me. And I realized, geez, if you want to get somewhere in life, you need others. That's why life's a team sport. But these are people that you've got to know that are going to hold you accountable when you step out and don't really, you know, behave the way you should. But they also willingly step in. They don't judge you. Those are people are hard to find. And that's why your trust community could be six people. It could be 12. It could be three or whatever it is that works for you. But those are the people that you just rely on uh, implicitly when you need some help. What, what an incredible person to be there for you in that moment. Yeah. A couple of things you share that I really want to highlight is we talk about 21st century leadership and what the, the qualities of 21st century leaders in this season, season three of the Leadership Access podcast is that, you know, being vulnerable and being human allows our team members to be vulnerable and to be human. If we don't want people to be afraid of change, afraid of challenge, afraid of failure, then they've got to be able to be human. And we've got to be able to eliminate that. Second thing that you said that just makes so much sense and drives this point home even more is that we don't connect with people on our accomplishments, on our awards, on the great things that have happened in our lives. We connect with people through shared struggle or like or related struggle, through the difficulties, through the tough times. That's the human experience, right? Right. Right. Because everybody has them. And in our minds, we see people I'm sure people saw you and thought, this guy's got his stuff together. I got to make sure not to show any chinks in my armor and I can't show up and be myself. Therefore, I've got to fit in. I can't belong. Right. Right. And by you being vulnerable and being human, you gave them the opportunity to just be themselves and be human instead of trying to fit in and surviving. Now they can belong and now they can thrive. Right. And I found, you know, taking an approach with all of the leaders on the team and just sitting down and say, tell me your story. And the more you understand where people are coming from, the more they will be part of where you want to go. And, you know, I got this gift at my first birthday at the company and it was a canoe out in the lake sort of all by itself, just sitting there with an oar across it. And it just was something about we're on a journey because I always talk about we're on a journey was sort of one of the themes I had. And when I got that, I thought that's a really nice thing. I'm going to frame it up. I'm going to put it up there. It was all framed. And Doran said to me, do you know why you got this? Do you understand it? And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, it's a canoe all by itself in a lake with the oar sitting on top. She said, your team is, your standards are so high. The team doesn't think they can ever get there. Until you humanize it and spend time with them, get to know them at a level where they can really engage with you. She said, you're never going to get there with them. And so I found that that whole process of tell me your story and understanding where people are coming from, you then have the ability when you need help, if the business is making a change or some big decision is going to get made, being able to walk people through, hey, this is what's going on. Here are the options we looked at. And you spoke to some key people in the business. And here's the decision we ultimately made. People respect that. And I learned that lesson, a lady who was in our sales department one time, she came to see me about an issue. And she says, before we begin, she said, I want you to know that we know that only one person can make the decision and that's you, you're the president of the business. She said, but I want you to know we respect the fact that you take the time to walk us through, hey, change is happening. 
here's why, and that you actually invested time with people within the organization to get input about the best way to move forward. But ultimately, we don't always agree with the decisions, which I was like, I, I get that. Uh, we elect people with 50% of the vote. So I get you're not going to get everyone's side. But she said the fact that you explain to us what's going on and you make it inclusive in the decision-making process, we respect that someone has to make the ultimate decision. She says, I just want you to know that. And these just the little things that, you know, you, that people respect. And, and when you need help, they're going to step up and help you. They're going to they're gonna find ways to be a part of that solution versus just complying with the workplace needs, you know, punching the clock. The, the whole idea that, you know, people support what they create. Um, mm -hmm. Involvement equals investment equals commitment, very high levels of commitment, transition to ownership. And I know a, a lot of leaders I've coached and talked to and developed through our organization, you know, they're like, well, th the problem is I, I kind of know the direction I want to go in. And, you know, I, if I, if I ask what people think and I don't go with what they say, then everybody's going to be mad. And I say, you know, you might have an idea of the direction you want to go in, but if you really ask and remain curious and open-minded, people understand that you can't go in 15 different ways. But the fact that you ask them says, I care about you. You have value. You are important to me. I respect you. I trust you. And that's what we tell people when we ask them questions and when we involve them. And most of the time, that's good enough. People respect the decision has to be made. It's not always going to be what they wanted, but the fact they're involved in the process and you communicate with them, they know they belong. They know they're where they're supposed to be. They can understand it and they can move forward. And just some powerful gold as you walk through these things. Uh, Doran, she was a, a very special person. What a gift. Yeah. And, I, and there were other people that came along and it just really started realizing, wow, if you get the right people around you, I know today if I have, a, if I'm challenged and I'm having a down day and there's just some emotional challenge I'm dealing with. I know Tim Dixon's another guy. I can pick up the phone and say, Tim, walk me off the ledge here. I'm struggling with something. Or when I'm training for an event or something, Susan Balmer is someone I can say, hey, Susan, I'm struggling today. Can you walk me through how to get through this? So just, but these people, that they have to have expertise. I don't call my mom. I love her to death, but she's going to tell me, hey, don't do the workout. It's too, you know. So I think people get confused. Like there are some people to help you get a job, maybe, or people that love you dearly. Those are important also. I'm just saying, who are those people that you surround yourself with? But I go back to Danny. It's still, it all starts with you, the human being, the person. And I, to get down this road, I think you got to start with yourself. And I always use an analogy. You're on the shore with me. We're next to each other. And I say, hey, let's, let's go to the other side because that's where you want to get to. That's where your joy and happiness is. And I said, let's swim across together. And you look at me and say, I, I, it's, I can't, it's too far. I can't do that. And I say, okay, I'm going to build you a bridge to get you across to the other side. You say, well, that's great, but I'm afraid of heights. I said, okay, I'm going to surround the bridge with all these people in your community that trust you, that will hold you accountable, will get you all the way across, that will cheer you on because on the other side, is some cause you care so deeply about that when you get there, people are going to be thrilled and you will be also. And that whole idea of being able to walk across that bridge, knowing that some cause you care deeply about, and quite honestly, it's mostly people's self-esteem, their self-worth, their dignity is what they're really looking for. But once they get over there and that's what it is, magic happens.
It really does. But you got to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look at myself and write down a piece of paper is the way I describe it. Sit down and ask yourself, how am I doing personally? How am I doing professionally? How am I doing health wise? And then on the other side of the paper, you want to say, Hey, how am I, what do I want to get to? Where's my North star? And you leave that middle open because that's the bridge and the people that surround you to get you over there. Too many people don't spend time on that. And I talk to people all the time and they go, you know, I don't spend time myself. I got a company I'm running or I'm leading a team of people. I got to deliver the financials. It's like, yeah, I, I get all that. But if you don't know who the hell you are, don't know where you're trying to get to, then how do you honestly lead people with authenticity? How, how do you do that? And so we're asking leaders, and today you're very good at all the stuff you've been chatting about, but they don't know how to really do it. Yeah. They're not, even, they're not even honest with themselves. They haven't really sat down and said, who the hell am I? What am I up against? What's my experience? Probably had some lived experience holding them back. I, I can't tell you how many people I talked to that had some lived experience that holds them back as a leader and they don't acknowledge, they don't deal with it. And it could be simple that, uh, well, I was, when I was a kid growing up, I never asked for help may seem like a small thing at the time, but it has tremendous implications. Absolutely. So I think that's why I focus so much. I mean, I get, we got to deliver the PL, the profits and loss, otherwise the business fails. So, Hey, really, really critical. I don't want to lose sight of that. But I think you'll just be okay in that. But if you could ever figure out, unlock the PL, the people and the listening and listen to hear skills, oof, you could ramp the business up for a long time sustainably and get people to engage a long, long time in the business. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's, uh, you talk about family light cultures, very high performing teams, yeah. but, you know, where, you know, you belong, where you're aligned to purpose. Purpose is such an important component. The latest McKinsey studies that have come out show just how important purpose is doing something meaningful and us having conversations about what that meaningful thing is. And that's what you talked about, you know, the one side and the bridge and the other side really is about purpose and meaning and right. where do you want to be and what do you want to do and what kind of impact you want to have. And right. as you talk about this, that's why, you know, our opening, our opening course and our leadership development program is why self-leadership is the most important leadership skill. If we right. don't know our values, if we don't know right. our passions, if we don't know what motivates us, if we don't know our story, you know, there's a whole component on mindset. You know, and really getting in and, you know, this 21st century leadership framework, leading the whole person is leading the whole person. We've got to be able to lead people individually and really know and connect with them. And then, you know, the strategies to lead the team collectively. But if we don't ask these questions, you know, hey, what's what's holding you back? You know, tell us your story. I mean, the the battle between our ears is the the toughest battle we'll ever face in our entire lives. How do we as leaders help with that. That's why pillar four in our seven pillars of ownership framework is confidence and the impact that we can have on our team members and their confidence. Cause there's confidence from within, but we can definitely help build that confidence and create an environment where people can be confident. And if you, you're an athlete, you know, the impact the coach has on that. And that's what leaders are. We're coaches. It's all about people. So that's no, this, this, all this really resonates. And I love the way you put it together and the framework and it, it's so authentic and so vulnerable. One of the things I wanted to comment on earlier talking about you're sitting around with all these vistage chairs and nobody feels like they belong there. I think that's exactly why they belong there because leaders have to have humility. And if you're stepping into a new situation, that's that prestigious, first of all, where you have that kind of an impact, you're not a little scared. You're not a little worried. You don't question if you've never done it before. I don't think I want to work with you. I don't think I want you leading anything 
that we have going on because yeah, we've sure. got to have humility. Yeah. We've got to be able to be vulnerable. Otherwise, there's, we've got no chance of creating what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And when you sit in those meetings and you just hit on something that reminded me that one of the sessions we had is people do share some stories. Like we have a whole process we go through. And when I started hearing people who had only met each other maybe four or five hours earlier, start sharing very deep and personal stories that they wanted some help on. It was like, wow. And so many people at the end of the three days were like, you know what? I've never found a place or a community where I feel like I can, because you know, you're, you're a CEO, you feel like you really can't be vulnerable. Right. But in this environment, you're up against all your peers and the ability to actually be able to share and feel safe is tough. And listen to people. I was like, wow, I go, wow, it's amazing how fast people were able to, it's because of what you said. They felt like the group around them was similar mindsets. It just took one person to sort of start that ball and everyone goes, okay, I guess it's safe to do it. And boy, it was, it was really magical to watch. Absolutely. I think as, as leaders, we've got to lead by example with that and you create that environment. But I also think we have to be proactive in some of these mindset things and start talking about our relationship with challenge, change, and failure. Failure mm-hmm. is our friend. If, if we failed at something, right? It's not, I'm a failure. It's like, I failed. Okay, now what am I going to do? Who's there to pick me up, dust me off? How do I pick myself up? But what do I need to do to be successful? When we see failure is nothing more than a step on our pathway to success. You know, and, and the great thing is, you know, mindset, what we believe is a choice. Yes. And, you know, the, the power of these personal trust communities to help shape and create that mindset, to help win the battle between the ears, to help see things for as they are, not what we've created in our own mind. Um, I see so many different benefits in that. So I want to, I want to kind of start coming to a close. If there's anything that's super important, we haven't talked about, I want to, I want to bring that out, but, but I'll start with this. I'll ask a question. How do you go about, how does somebody who's thinking about doing this go about figuring out, man, who should I get on the spiritual side? Who should I get on the emotional side? Who should I get, you know, how does, how does somebody do that? Yeah, I touched on a little bit. So you do get out a piece of paper, honestly, and just write down how you feel you are personally, professionally, and health-wise. Just really, it may take three or four times to go do that. Create that North Star. What is it you want to be? And then just sit down and ask yourself, like, who are those people that you already know or people that you'd like to know deeper in your life? And it's surprising how many people actually know those people. I'll give you one example. That's somebody who said to me, boy, I have a great friend of mine from college. We go out to dinner all the time. I've known him for 40 years. Go out to dinner, share stories, laugh and joke, he said. But the more you talk about this personal trust communities, Mike, I really need some intellectual horsepower in my business. I'm struggling with something and I've never thought of him this way. I think what you're telling me is I should go talk to him and see if he can help me. He said, I've always been afraid to because I think he's too busy. So here's someone 40 years, very close, went to college with him, had this relationship, yet he's already making excuses why he doesn't feel like this person. So there's an example of the first step to answer your questions. Once you've sort of identified what you want to do, in this case, this person said, I know what I want to do. And the first person that came to his mind was him. And so find the safest person, the person you feel the most comfortable, the safest with to start the ball rolling. And you pick up the phone or knock on their door, as I describe it, and just say, look, I, I need some help. And the most important part of this is you got to be really clear on what you want help on. There's nothing more frustrating than someone saying to help and you can't be clear. So really be clear on what this North Star looks like. It should be exciting for people. It should be a little scary, but not dangerous when you think about it. 
but you get your adrenaline flowing. You think about what this could look like. And then once you sit down with someone, if this person is someone that cares about you, like you think they do watch what happens, they're going to unleash your greatness really quickly. And then when you declare where you're going, I always tell our daughters, I said, once you declare where you're going, people are going to show up in your life. They just will. It's going to be really clear where you're going and people are going to show up. And so start finding those people. In some cases, it's just a podcast you listen to. It could be a book you read, someone you, that you don't know, you may never know, but they inspire you to kind of keep you grounded. You know, Brene Brown's great for me. I love listening to her stuff that she talks about. Or Jay Shetty is another great one about mental health. So those are people that I sometimes reach out to. Um, outside of people that are in my community, but really just find those people that you know down deep that you'd love to know more and you feel comfortable reaching out to them. Father John's my spiritual leader. I knew him since fourth grade. I kind of intermittently stayed in touch with him. And I finally realized about 42, 43, I said, geez, I, I need to reach back to Father John and because I know he'll challenge me. And I had some challenges with the Catholic Church and he and I would have some really honest difficult conversations, but I knew he where he was coming from is the right place. And he knew where I was coming from. Those are not easy conversations, but if you get the right relationship, that happens. Yeah. Well, it sounds like um, as you embark on this and you get your North star and you're, you're making things on both sheets of the paper, understand it's going to take time. Yes. Be deliberate, pick the right people. You don't, if this is something you're interested in and think it'd be very helpful, it doesn't have to be created in a week. This is no. something that gets created over time and prioritize what I'm hearing from you is prioritize where you need the most help Yeah, and look to fill that first. And then the other thing I think is, um, is, is the power of attraction. And so when we're going in a certain direction towards a North star, there's other people going towards a similar path yes. Yes. and we are drawn to people that, yes. that we share similar passions where we get you know, different things give us meaning in life or, or make us feel as if we belong. And so those things will start to happen. And we got to just, we got to have a belief that, that that will happen as well as we take these steps just one at a time. Yeah. And always remember as people, I say, look, whenever you're talking to yourself or about yourself, remember you're listening. Yeah. And people forget that they, they, I've heard people say things like, well, this is my North Star, but I'll never get there because... It's like the head trash we have. So try to be careful about how you talk about yourself. And that's why that community of people, you can talk to them and kind of share your fears and concerns. Also share your great things you're excited about. Those are the kind of people you want in your life. But it, it's a journey. Life goes like this. You fall off the horse lot. Just don't, don't let it get you down. Just keep moving towards where you want to get to. Why well, go live through life and, and live someone else's story was how I came to that realize. I said, why am I living someone else's story? I, I should live my own. Absolutely. Yeah. Mike, do you have a call to action for our listeners? Is there anything that you wanted to take a quick dive in that I haven't asked about? No, I would, I would just say to everybody, just really spend some time thinking about what is it you want out of life. Just really do that. Um, I find too many times people are racing around and they don't take the time to think about what is it that's important to them. And it's not being selfish because the more you can show up as the best of yourself, versus the rest of yourself when you meet your loved ones, the better off everyone's going to be. So it may feel selfish, but if you want to give the best to yourself when you're around your loved ones, take the time to understand who the hell you are. Take some time, take a walk while you're napping, whatever it is, take some quiet time. I think people would be pleasantly surprised how inspiring this can be for them. Excellent. Excellent. Self-care, such an important part yeah. of self-leadership. Mike, where can people find you at? I have a website, uh, mikethorne.co. 
And then on LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn is where I spend a lot of time posting content on there and happy to chat with anybody either way. Awesome. So within the podcast description for our listeners, I'll have links to the website to directly connect with Mike on LinkedIn. I've been following this stuff on LinkedIn since we connected. Very good content. You can tell the depth and insight. Um, for, for 21st century leaders, these things have never been more important. It's never been more important to have these personal trust communities. We're all going through things. We're all living in this uncertain time right. of change and fear and uncertainty. And as leaders, we're, we're not, even though leadership's our superpower, we're not Superman or Wonder Woman. And, you know, surrounding ourselves and creating these personal trust communities, I think has never been more important than it is right now. Mm-hmm. Understanding that, understand we all have a story, right? Getting to the heart of that story, really knowing ourselves so we can be authentic. The three pillars, belong, build, believe. You talked about the pie. So physical, intellectual, emotional, social, spiritual. Those yes. are the five areas and the five areas that you would look for specific people in your personal trust community. Life is a team sport, Mike. When you said that, I just kind of lit up and started writing. And let's let's rethink our PL. Let's rethink our profit and loss to people and listening. And when we do, and when we create these cultures of belonging and purpose and psychological safety and empowerment and ownership, the, the profit and loss will take care of itself. Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate the time. No, thank you for having me on, Dan. I appreciate it. Look forward to staying in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, uh, if you haven't already, please smash that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review so we can reach more people organically. And remember, always be committed to excellence.